Welcome to Trade Wins. I am your host, Tara Solberg, the founder of Few and Far and Indigo Love, two halves of one thriving business. I am a South Coast girl from a small town, and when I launched my business over 10 years ago, I had no idea what I was doing. What I did have was passion, drive, and a commitment to learn as much as possible on my way. I will take you through each chapter of my unique business story. You will get real insight into the lows and highs, the trials and triumphs, and the many, many lessons learned. In fact, I will share all of the things I wish I knew when I was starting out all those years ago. So consider this your personal invitation to take the first step on the journey of a lifetime towards owning your own business. So here we are sitting at our dining table. Uh, I decided that I wanted to start a podcast and I've dragged Danny in to join me on the first few episodes just to get me used to, I guess, speaking not just to myself, (laughs) but why we wanted to start that podcast or why I wanted to start that podcast is basically just to take you through the journey that we have gone through to to tell you what inspires us to show you how we got through obstacles how we've changed our mindsets to contribute to our successes well i think the why too is because when we started we had no we had nothing we i mean podcasts didn't even exist 10 years ago really did they oh not not much existed back then in terms of social media and everything but i guess sitting down before we even started recording we were sort of debating about what this actual podcast is going to be about the why why we did it and i think for me the big part is like having that visual image of what we wanted to do from when we started and to what it looks like now and how it keeps changing but it keeps changing in a in a positive way because your your vision evolves biggest part for me is probably sharing how we visualize and I think that's such a massive part whether it's sport or business is people visualize so much and I think that's the secret to our success so sharing maybe the visions along the way and and I guess our history and how we created them as well and and how even you know how we grew up and how we both completely different backgrounds (laughs) but still visualized a lot yeah both of us in different ways I guess so thinking back to my childhood I had an amazing childhood I love my childhood every time I think about it I it you know it puts a smile on my face I've got so many really great memories and you know I had a lot of fun my parents involved me in a lot of things and we were you know we were open to a lot of opportunities so I grew up in Jervis Bay New South Wales on the south coast and it would have been very sleepy back then very sleepy (laughs) very relaxed coastal town Um, we'd actually moved there from camden in sydney and uh, mum and dad came down to they bought a block of land and they started building a house my dad's a builder my mum was a stay-at-home mum for quite a few years Um, but during that time we were we rented a house in huskisson and it was directly opposite the beach and it was a townhouse, a three-story townhouse. And I remember sitting on the windowsill of that townhouse. I was about four years old and I just had this dream that 
one day in my future I wanted to create this and I wanted to be able to have this for myself I'd stare out to the ocean and just you know take in the fresh um, the fresh air and the and that you know the light breeze on my face and I just will never forget that moment it was a real defining moment in my childhood in terms of a vision (laughs) you're very Tara's very um uh clear sometimes with her <laughs> visions even though she was four years old because at four years <laughs> old i had no idea of what uh, where i even was let alone what i wanted to, where i wanted to live but um you've always had this clear i'm determined ideas. you have clear ideas though you, yes i don't they rarely buckle or no <laughs> move. and i can get stuck on them as well i get really focused hmm but I don't know, that, it's, it's definitely a defining moment and it's something that I've always thought about throughout my whole life and it's really driven me to get me to where I am today. Mm. Even, you know, with meetings with our accountant, I've always been like, when can we buy a waterfront? What do I have to do? So mm. that was, yeah, that was a real defining moment in my childhood. But yeah, lots of happy memories, you know, grew up in a beautiful area Um you know yeah so much opportunity lots of time with my parents and you know all of that sort of all those sorts of fond memories mm. but well my childhood was very different like I, I i i guess i felt loved but it was tough we grew up in the western suburbs of sydney we we didn't have money at all um lots of hand-me-downs from my brother i used to my my some of my, i guess my goals were like i can't wait till i get to wear what he's wearing Mm. You know, I used to look at his shirts and go, when do I get to wear, a, you know, a proper brand shirt instead of... I remember mum used to take us shopping to, you know, people probably don't remember, but Crystal Cylinders was like the real cheap brand and that was like kind of aspirational for, for us to get that. <laughs> but I mean, I was lucky in the way that I had a good big brother and um, he was someone to really look up to and um, that was probably the highlight of my childhood that, um, you know, we played football a lot. We lived across the road from the park, and it was although it was a housing commission. You know, a lot of the kids in the street used to get together and play footy, and and I think because we were okay at it, you know, it was all it was it was fun, and it was cricket in summer. But um, you were yeah. better than okay at it. Yeah, I just <laughs> I guess our childhood though, that's definitely different to yours. Didn't yeah. grow up in these amazing surroundings of this quiet, clean living ocean, and yeah. I wouldn't say that I was spoiled or anything though. My parents worked really hard, like my dad having his own business and everything. We were never, I guess, given a lot. Um, but I guess what we were given was opportunity um, and, you know, a nice place to mm. live and that sort of thing. But yeah. we, we always valued what we had. It was never kind of, you know, expected or taken for granted. That's for sure. Yeah. I think my brother and I whinged a lot about what we didn't have, though. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we were always... Right, yeah. one, one thing that I know that, that probably made us different from a lot of kids, I don't know where they are now, obviously, but I think that my brother and I just wanted more. I yeah. just wanted stuff so bad. Not that we were materialistic, but we wanted it bad. And mum... I remember mum saying later, like, she was always... thought, I don't have to worry about you guys because you just want these things so bad. Mm. And you know 
other than robbing a bank, you're yeah. going to have to work for well, it. You'll so make she something knew, of yourselves. Yeah, yeah, she knew we would have to do something because we just wouldn't settle for yeah. nothing. Yeah, exactly. At what stage did you move down to the South Coast? Because you, you grew up in Bankstown. So people don't know, but I'm 49 this year. Tara's... <laughs> I'm 38. 38. There's a bit of difference in our age group. So when I moved down, Tara was still a lot younger than me, obviously. But I moved down when I was um, 16, I think. 16, 17. So in the middle of year 11, like a really hard year. And in Sydney at that time, I'll be honest and say that it was a pretty horrible... I wasn't enjoying it. it. It was, you know, while I was okay at sport and... I you know I sort of you, it's sort of the one thing that surprised me when I moved to the south coast I didn't know a soul but when I moved down it was just automatic welcome from mm. everyone there was no one that looked at me and went oh who's this kid or who's he or whatever everyone was just hey mate you want to do this you want to do that it was it was amazing how warm mm. it was the benefits of living in a small town plus I moved from the western suburbs of Sydney Yaguna housing commission to like literally a street back from the beach. I think Mum's house cost forty six thousand dollars back then. It was it was a dead set shack which we pulled apart. So my coming to school, my dad was just own a building just with my grandfather, and I was trying to build something. So we lived under a tarp for <laughs> six months, pretty much. And I was going to school, but I just it was like automatically I loved it. Like within two weeks, I came down kicking and screaming, going, "I don't want to move, don't want to move." As most kids would. And then when I got there, within two weeks, I was just, you know, I was walking along, you know, pristine waterfront beach, you know, rocks and stuff and the oceans and the smell and dolphins and white sand white sand on the way to the bus stop. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. Life doesn't get yeah. much better than that. Like if that. you talk about my best memories of childhood, it probably didn't start till I moved. Yeah. You know, and that's where I went, wow, what a, what a place. What You found where you belonged. Yeah. yeah fully it's just it, yeah it was just a, a door open and i don't know it was just so cool and and it was a lot more relaxed you know like i went from you know going to school where i had to wear a tie to <laughs> not having to wear a tie and you could wear whatever shoes you wanted and the well room. i still had to wear a tie even though i went to school down here <laughs> yeah well yeah it, it just the change was just yeah everything was good and then i you know you see surfing on tv and like i always looked at surfing and just went how amazing would it be to do that it just looks amazing and then me starting to learn how to surf it was it was like i was hooked straight away and then every thought was just surfing and (laughs) football went out the window and yeah yeah. turned to surfing yeah and we actually um lived quite close to each other really and didn't Mm. really know it three streets away once we'd sort of grown up well yeah even through growing up yeah Mm. three streets away so i lived a little bit further up the hill and you were down a bit closer to the beach yeah um and i don't know when we actually i think it was sort of later on after we first met so i know growing up i'd actually seen you around like i did sort of I sort of knew who you were but obviously you being that bit older than me <laughs> um I always thought you were good looking but I was like yeah but no he's a 
It's a bit old for me. <laughs> so never sort of nothing really ever eventuated. But um, I guess, yeah, I'd seen you around and then I, I turned 18 and you worked in the RSL in Huskisson and served me drinks. <laughs> yeah, but by then, sort of going back, yeah. I had to move back to Sydney to do uni. So I yeah. studied graphic design. Again, I'm ahead of Tara. So I started graphic <laughs> design, which I hated um only did it because everyone told me i was good at it so i just okay and i got accepted without even a mark so before you even got your end of your hse yeah yeah. so i did that did uni just got through uni and then got a job down the south coast and then i did a few jobs sort of sneaked into graphic design a bit and pieces and then i'd come i was actually traveled around the world come back and was sort of looking to settle down a little bit and I don't know, do something else. And then that's when we kind of crossed paths yeah. with me. I thought, oh, I'm just going to come back. I don't want to be stressed. I just want to get a job at the RSL and just surf all day, work at nights, go fishing and just have a bit of a ease into settling down. I think my brother was hassling me to buy a house because then real estate was going nuts and um, but I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want an anchor. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to play. So, and I don't really need a lot of money. So, this is my vision for the year. I'm just gonna surf and fish because I'd been in London and I was just missed home but so much. But you worked as a graphic designer. I in did. London. Yeah. I tried yeah. not to, but yeah. But you end, worked some really for some really good firms. You had some really amazing experience over there. I did. I worked for yeah. a, a company that was like award-winning a small group there's only probably 10 of us in a studio and i was an art worker and i learned a lot then um i learned a lot about branding and about how to do things properly um i think the working there in a high-end uh studio it was, it was an amazing really experience yeah, they, yeah you know it was just seeing the talent that would come in for different areas of graphic design was amazing so yeah when i got back to australia i, I you know in a, within a year and a half two years i really my awareness for branding was Mm. i feel like the majority of like the knowledge that you have in terms of that really strong sense of branding and design and everything came from that experience in particular yeah being overseas and you know being surrounded by really good design and 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 designers like just how to do it like you know if i guess for people who you watch it when um when i used to we used to, i used to work at a surf company we used to hire people and you get people come in and say you need a logo for this t-shirt or whatever and they just start drawing a logo the <laughs> one thing that i learned um from that experience in london was the research so we used to do beer labels and we'd go and buy every single beer label this is like you know 12 mm. years ago fifth no this is ages no, a lot this is 20 years ago <laughs> yeah. so we started th- our business yeah, 12 years yeah. ago Danny. so <laughs> So yeah, they'd go and buy every single beer label. You know, whether we're doing a chocolate label, it was every single chocolate label. We'd replicate the shop and how ours was going to fit in, and then they'd research on top of research on top of research. It was two to three weeks of just sketching and and building ideas, and that that to me was a real eye opener mm. to someone who's like, because it's obvious, you know, I need a logo. So what do you do? So that having you know books, so many books and so many resources, like the more they invested more in that than anything else. Yeah. 
And I think that taught me that, you know, research is so important and, and building that visual library in your head of where you need to get to. Um, what you want to create, yeah. Yeah, so when I came home from that, um, I actually got approached by a surf company to come work for them and do their branding. And then that's where we come Yeah, at. so crossing back again, I guess like that time that we sort of bumped into each other every now and then at the RSL, that was like such a brief moment in time really um, because that was all it was. It was kind of like, hi, how are you going? Can mm. I have a red Corvette cocktail, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, you've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then that was it, basically. And off I went to uni. I similar sort of experience to you, I guess. Like in terms of choosing what I wanted to do, you know, nobody really knows what they want to do. Well, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I finished school. Your course was hard, though. I remember yeah. my course. My course was at the beginning of Mac computers. I mean, we didn't even use computer. It was cut and paste. Yeah. And then computers had just come in. You know, you're talking yeah. like, you know, three fonts to select. Yeah, but you've um, probably got a much better skill set than me because you had to do a lot of things by hand and oh, I'm yeah. different, I guess. Yeah, your course yeah. was a lot more demanding, but... Mine was, it was very, but yeah, I just basically went through the book of courses to choose and thought graphic design sounded like fun. I remember sitting at the table going through it with mum and then obviously we put together my application and I got accepted. I actually had also applied for... Um, an interior design course at uh, University of Technology in Sydney um, which I did get accepted to but I'd put that as my second choice so sometimes I think back and think you know that could have been a sliding doors moment where would I be what would my life look like if I had done that course but I'm really glad that I've you know done everything the way that I have because choosing that well, it was actually a design course. It wasn't graphic design in particular, but I, I majored in graphic design and that ended up leading me to uh, finding a job with a surf company called Ocean and Earth, which is where I met Danny. But I remember prior to that, just, you know, while I was at uni, just thinking, what am I going to do? Like, I, I love the South Coast. I loved growing up on the South Coast and it's where I saw myself you know, continuing to live if I could. Like I wanted to be on the South Coast. I didn't want to live in Sydney. I didn't want to live in apartments. I needed that space around me. I rented a, a room in a, in a unit with some friends from uni in Coogee. And I remember just choosing Coogee because it had a beach and it, you know, allowed me to kind of get some fresh air and, you know, go for a walk on the beach every now and then. But obviously it just wasn't the same. Um, so I was always kind of wondering, how am I going to get home? I was actually working at a cafe over some summer holidays back at home at Heinz Beach. And a friend of mine who worked there, she mentioned that there was a job going at Ocean and Earth. And, and her husband was like, yeah, you should ring. Here's, here's the details. It says you need to call Danny. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, okay. And I, I thought, oh, you know, I'll give it a go. I still hadn't finished my course yet or anything, but I'm like, this is my opportunity to get back home. So I called and I spoke to Danny 
Ocean and Earth. This no, I didn't, is Danny. I, I didn't know who you were. <laughs> no. But then we'd so we'd organise an interview. Yeah. The one thing that I mean, as much as like everyone says they want to live on the south coast, it's actually hard to find work, creative people yes. on the south coast. And, well, and it's hard to find creative jobs as yeah. well. It's, yeah, it's both. But then, and then yeah. a lot of creative people want to be where the action is too, because yeah. they, they want to be inspired. And um, so the cities are generally where they are. So finding someone who you knew was going to be comfortable on the south coast mm. was a real challenge, challenge for yeah. when we were looking for someone then. Yeah. So Tara got a well. Tara was obviously clever with her design, <laughs> but um, sort of ticked all the boxes. Even though she had no experience, we thought, well, you know, you can mould me. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, it's you know, I, I'm always said I think you get more experience. You know, I was passionate. I wanted, you know, I wanted that job, and yeah. I put everything into my application as well. I've still got it, and I look back at it and think, wow, I've never seen anyone apply for a job go to this much effort that I did mm. um, but yeah I remember waiting outside you know to go in for the interview and oh funny story actually like even prior to the interview the the, the car my dad's Hilux that I'd learned how to drive in had broken down or something that had overheated that was this there was this big long story about how I got my resume together and how I broke down on my way home from Sydney it's all stressful but so I had to get a lift to the interview. My brother had to give me a lift, my younger brother, in his like Kermit Green beatbox <laughs> with white fluffy seat covers and dice hanging off the, the rear vision mirror. And I was like, oh my goodness, just turn off the car, turn off the car, turn off the car. Okay, let's, we're just going to sit here for five minutes so they don't know it's me. <laughs> but I, yeah, came out waiting for whoever was going to meet me for my interview and then out walks Danny with no shoes on like probably some pretty old clothes and we both looked at each other it's like oh I know you (laughs) okay (laughs) and so that was that basically but then yeah even going into the interview it's very casual being you know ocean and surf company Yeah. yeah but um and I remember one of the questions was, do you have a passport? And I, my eyes lit up. I was like, yes. <laughs> so I guess that's that bit where in my experience coming from London, um, when I went to Ocean and Earth, I'm like, oh, you know, we should be going to London or we should go to LA travel. and travel. And they never used to really do that. So I kind of initiated these, you know, it sounds like a bit of a perk, but they were research trips you know you're buying trips which is common everyone does it now but um so we would back then i we'd go around the world we'd go hawaii la uh, london um, sometimes japan sometimes another city in europe um, on the way then even back through china to see a supplier so it usually be for a couple of weeks and we do maybe like 11 flights in two weeks so every two days you're in a new city um and they were super tiring but you'd get all your inspiration and all your you know technical features from you know someone else's been you borrow that pocket and put it on these shorts and uh, that's how you'd build it you know we'd A build range. ranges and fabrics and some things we just buy for the fabric even though the style was ugly and 
Um, so yeah, these buying trips were such a big part of it. And Tara lobbed up two <laughs> weeks before a buying trip. So one of the questions was like, do you have a passport? Because you were you potentially might. getting on a plane in, in two a week. weeks. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh my goodness. And I just remember on the way home, just ringing mum and dad, going, and I might be going overseas. It was so exciting. I was just, I just couldn't believe it. And then yeah, I went in for a second interview, and it turned out that I got the job. So off we went overseas. Yeah. <laughs> But back then we used to all cram into one room and have to rock scissors paper for the the trundle. The trundle bed. But because of that, uh, because of that trip, obviously, and I'd only been working with you for two weeks, like, you know, I hardly even knew knew who you were or Steve, the other guy Mm. who was coming over with us. But um, the morning that you picked, that you guys picked me up to go to the airport, I remember you'd made such an effort to make sure that you met my parents, to introduce mm. yourself to my parents and, you know, that I'm not going overseas around the world with these two strange men. <laughs> yeah, staying in the same room. Same room. And my, afterwards, my mum was like, oh, what about Danny? He's a bit of all right. I'm like, no way, mum. He's way too old. <laughs> Well, who would have thought, hey? (laughs) But yeah, Scissors, Paper, Rock. I just couldn't believe it when we had to play Scissors, Paper, Rock to see who would get the trundle bed. I'm like, I'm a girl. My dad always told me, always make sure that men treat me like a princess. (laughs) (laughs) But they were good. Like they were, they taught us a lot too, how to... Oh, definitely. How to build ranges and... um, how to find inspiration, yeah. what to look for. Like yeah. The goal of those trips was to leave with an empty suitcase and come home with a full one. So basically building a range made up of different components of those items and trend forecasting and colors yeah. and fabrics, textures, everything, even store experiences, like yeah. walking into the different stores and seeing how things are presented and yeah, yeah. watching people on streets and architecture and yeah yeah, travel such a inspiration yeah yeah way to build a library so you know when it does come to visualizing you got all this stuff to fall back on but um oh well yeah that were fun yeah really really fun but i guess you know even on those trips um i just remember my favorite part of them was even though we're working as graphic designers and we're in the surf industry and you know our job is to forecast fashion i just remembered i just loved you know what i saw in terms of these new stores like anthropology and you know all of those interior stores Mm. that that really really focused on that store experience and how the customer felt when they're in them and i'll never forget those those experiences that i had and i'd always drag you in just like you know santa monica that was one of the my favorite Mm. stores and like can we just go into this one and Well, there's actually a store in Santa Monica um, and we, we, we went there once and it was full of, it was, it was more warehouse than shop. Oh, in Melrose. Yeah, Yeah, in Melrose. Melrose, Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Melrose. Um, And it was more warehouse than shop. eh? Mm. It was more like, so basically it was a bunch of, bunch, it was a heap of one-off pieces. Old pieces. Doors, cabinets, all laid out in a, quite a big space. Yeah. So not not a lot of home decor at all. A lot of bigger pieces like, like from yeah, China, more, India, some Africa. Some architectural, Africa, India, yeah. Indonesia. Yeah. 
And I remember walking up the back, and again, going back to visualization, <laughs> I walked up the back and there was this guy who wasn't that much older than me and he's sitting there at the computer and I thought, he's not a shopkeeper. He's, he looks like he's you know doing the numbers or something. And I thought, that's man, how cool would it be to be this guy, have this heap of stuff that you just yeah. travel the world and collect because it'd just be the ultimate and it was it was actually that vision of that guy that gave me that like that's what i want to do and i'm and i say to tara that's what i want to do i want to be that guy yeah you also didn't mind the fact that he was just sitting there at his table and his laptop looking pretty relaxed as well oh just <laughs> i don't know the whole the whole scene it was but just even like, just the idea of combining travel and you know combining that love of travel with sourcing these amazing items and bringing them back and creating that collection oh yeah because it's not just like oh this guy's got a cool job i want this job it was all you know walking around this this space it was like how amazing are these pieces and how amazing would it be to go and collect these and and have them all come back it was just the ultimate so the whole picture to me was just an attraction and and it definitely excited me. Like I know, you know, even going through uni, I'd you know, studying graphic design, but I'd always be flicking through Vogue Living or Interiors magazines. I was always drawn to interiors. And while I loved my job at Ocean and Earth, like I loved the people I work with, I loved the job. It was actually a dream job for a South Coast girl. Like what better mm. job could you actually get and coming back home and working in the surf industry? But for some reason, I just had this constant niggling, I guess, feeling that interiors was where I wanted to be or what I wanted to do like you know even so obviously we'd worked at Ocean and Earth for a little while before we actually got together um and once we I guess became an item (laughs) (laughs) we um moved down to Manana where you'd bought a block of land where we're going to build a house and everything but even on our weekends I just remember you know our weekends used to consist of driving to Milton, like obviously surfing, but Mm. in between surfing was driving to Milton and having a look through the homeware stores, having some pilgrims for lunch, that sort of thing. Like it was always filled with, you know, the dream of interiors. But I guess both of us kind of thought that it could have only really just been a hobby. Like how do you make money out of that? And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't until we sort of met a friend of ours who owned a store in Milton, who kind of showed us that, you know, there's huge potential in in creating a business or a career out of it. Yeah, that was a, that was a huge shock. And and for me, um, I was discontent, you know, as much as the same as Tara. It was a dream job. I was a surfer and working at a surf company. But I was, I was seriously probably even stressed and discontent with the direction. I, 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 I'm such a all-in person Mm. so for me you know when someone's making decisions and you're so confident they're not right it's really hard to swallow and i'm not one of those guys that can just sit there and (laughs) and say oh well not my business you know it's not mine and you don't want to have that attitude either because that's not the right attitude i was far too invested i was there late i I, my you know it was i was totally 100 percent invested and i think you know, it was probably you that pushed me out more than me because when sometimes when you're in those things, yeah, it's hard to get yourself out. You're too deep, and then when someone else drags you out, I think that's 
you know, yeah. sometimes what's needs to happen. But so when we did that, we actually, you went out, well, we I opened was, the store. I was always looking on interiors blogs and, you know, that would be my, that was my side hobby, I guess. Just, you know, I was, you would use, you used to call me a good researcher because I could find you know, whatever it was that I was looking for through some way, whatever it was, interiors, you know, inspiration, whatever it was. Um, so I sort of started looking at it and I'd be bookmarking a lot of things, different products, different designers, different things that I loved in the hope that one day maybe we would start our own business and follow on that dream that we had. Um, so then, yeah, we once we, we were both kind of, I guess, feeling a little discontent. We knew that we were made for more, I guess. Um, and we started looking for a space to open our own store. Um, in the meantime, we were building houses. Like we'd built our first house in Manana together. Well, I guess it was your house because mm. I wouldn't contribute any money until he asked me to marry him. I'm <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, a bit old-fashioned that way. <laughs> I wasn't forcing his hand or anything. I was just, you know, laying out the rules. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was not really rushing either. <laughs> no. Um, I'd also bought a house in Vincentia. Well, actually, I'd bought that before you bought your block of land because that was another thing that I'd always kind of had my heart set on. I wanted to buy property. I wanted to invest. Um, so we renovated that house um, and really, I guess, loved the experience of that. And then building the house uh, in Manana, Danny's house, I guess that was also another, like it was a creative project. But I always laugh when I think back to that one because you know, you have changed so much in terms of having your opinion on design and how you want things to look and all that. I feel like going back to building that house, you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Just just give me the same kitchen as Craig's as your brother's. Like, mm. oh, we'll just do the same bathroom as Craig's or whatever it might be. I'm like, no. So I ended up choosing everything <laughs> with your money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, things have definitely changed now. You've you've got your opinion and I've got mine and sometimes we clash, but most of the time we agree or you kind of buy all of your weird things overseas. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so after that, I guess, yeah, we started looking for a store and we found one in Huskisson, which had been vacant for quite some time. Yeah. Um, but getting back to our vision and, and what we had in mind, we knew that that was the perfect space for us like it was large enough to carry you know a decent range of furniture yeah but it's um, funny like getting to like we definitely had the vision we had you know we wanted to create an experience so we went yeah. like nuts and yeah on that like yeah. and i think we didn't have any money no we, but we didn't like we did a really good job of that yeah. but still looking back at you know like we're like, talking about how your visions changed but we had this vision for one store in huskerson um, and then possibly a second store in Huskisson to well, our create our own competition. competition. Yeah, well, we had a five-year business plan because we had to put a business plan together to try we tried and get, to get loan loans, but we couldn't get loans. But in our business plan, I've still got a copy of it. I dig it out every now and then. We, the plan was to open a second store within five years to create our own competition. Mm. But we ended up doing that like a year later. Yeah. yeah. But with the first store, we invested everything that we had into that. Like we didn't have a lot of money, obviously, after, you know, building a house and everything. Um, Danny had a boat that you sold. Mm. 
and Good we one. borrowed <laughs> we borrowed some money off my mum and dad um, to get us started because they believed in us, even though it was actually the middle of the GFC. Maybe even a little bit off my mum too, I think. Yeah, we just kind of beg, borrowed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was around the middle of the GFC. So while they supported us, everyone still kind of offered their opinion or their their advice in terms of the, they didn't think that it was probably a very good time to start a business, you know, given the economic mm. climate and all that sort of thing. But we just had such a strong vision that we needed to make it a reality, really. And so off we off we went and put everything into it. We we turned that store upside down, like literally. We rebuilt it. Yeah. Rebuilt it and then um, I set off on a on a trip to the trade shows in Melbourne to buy all of the stock. Um, you stayed working. I'd actually already quit my job, so I quit and you stayed working. And yeah. we sort of had the plan that we would wait until we saw that the business was going to be successful enough to support the both of us um, that you would leave. Um, but then both of us would be there every night Weekends. You know, weekends, helping with the renovations. Yeah. Sitting on skateboards, sanding away like old nails and pulling out, you know, staples and mm. things. It was a lot of work, but mm. it was so rewarding and it was so worth it. Yeah. Well, we did everything. Like, I know, like, you know, you listen to, say, Mark Burris's podcast and it's all the same. Everyone tells their story and it's, and, and, Mark Burris is very good at always reminding people it's hard work. You don't, nothing comes easy. It's always yeah. hard work. And looking back, we we worked so, so hard. hard. <laughs> we, it was seven days a week for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And if it wasn't a day off, it was doing something. We'd be up at night, you know, which was exciting because it's yours. I think that was the most, the coolest part about finally moving on and doing your own thing, the, the excitement mm. that, oh, we can do this and we can do that. And everything you do has a... A, whether it's a positive or a negative reaction it has a reaction so yeah. you get to measure and see everything you do whereas in a part of a bigger company you know your idea might get this and then someone doesn't necessarily believe your idea so it kind of gets watered down and then if it doesn't work it sort of becomes like well we told you that wouldn't work but and then you sort of sit there and go well that's not my actual idea my idea was to do this and <laughs> i would have done it differently i would have done it different but i oh, know you can't do that and everyone gives you the hurdles and whatnot but i think the exciting part was knowing every day that for one you were master of your own destiny, destiny you yeah. you know what you made was yours and and the and the the possibilities mm. like you know imagine if we opened another shop and you know and then you open another shop man you know like you yeah I think that's something that we're both really good at. Like even during that process, we were opening, you know, working on opening this store and getting that all ready. But um, having that vision and that, you know, that um, I guess thinking about the opportunities for the future, like we always do that. We're, we're and we're so like dreaming like, about. Yeah. And kind of not lazy in the way we visualize, no. you know, not, not sort of. You know, like it's always be- very planned. Well, because we travelled a lot, and you know, we're part of importing with you know part of our um, experience, I guess, with surf. You know, you design stuff overseas, and it's imported, and you 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 sort of automatically become part of that whole process. You know, and you you sort of hear the terms and shipping terms. So for us, it was you know always like, how can we how can we increase our margin on this? Maybe we can do this one, and maybe we can design that ourselves. We're designers; we can do it. You know, so everything was we can do it. Everything yeah. was well, we just got to try and find someone in 
India or find someone in Indonesia. Well, or... we actually did that before we even opened our store, remember? Mm. So we we imported a container from Indonesia because like so the name of our store we 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 came up with the name few and far because you know it's basically from the saying few and far between we wanted pieces that were one of a kind that you know nobody had ever seen before and were literally few and far between so part of i guess that and and we wanted people to see that immediately we didn't want you know, this store to just slowly open up and then slowly things would be introduced and it would change and the look of it would be mm. different. We knew that in order for it to work and for it to be successful, we had to do it all right at the start. So we had to open with a bang and, you know, a big wow factor. So one of the things that we did was to import a container from Indonesia so that we would have things that were different that, you know, not everybody had in their stores because obviously going to trade shows and things, everybody's looking and buying the same things. Mm. Um, So we thought, let's go and, and get this. So that's what we did. I'll never forget when it arrived, unpacking it and half of it was full of mold. <laughs> yeah, we made some mistakes. I mean, even getting, we used to get. We still got some things out of it, but even with that as a risk, it wasn't, it was a calculated risk because we thought, you know, we'll do this. And if it doesn't work, we can always just sell the things for what they cost yeah, us. Yeah, we've like, always yeah, had know. plan Bs, but yeah. yeah, it's funny though, you know, as much as I said, we had experience with shipping or whatever, we had. No experience with organising our own containers or freight agents or, I mean, I I can remember not sleeping very well um, when containers arrived because I just felt like they don't even warn you. They just say it's coming and (laughs) I didn't realise you could sort of, you know, not book them in, but why can't I book it in? Why can't I? They said, no, no, it's coming then. So I had to convince my brother to have time off his job and then... We, I'd borrow friends and then we'd get the container drive up this narrow driveway. At the back of the shop. In the back of the shop and we'd have to unload furniture from, like they wouldn't even put it on the ground or anything. It was all out of the container off the back of the truck. You open the doors and we'd have ladders up there trying to get a piece <laughs> of furniture sort of 15 feet off the ground onto the ground. Oh, we, we had truck drivers even helping us because I think they felt sorry for us. <laughs> but we were just so... Well, we, we were, yeah, yeah. But just big ideas, no experience. Big ambition. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay, but that's how we've gotten here now, like through those, through yeah. pushing through all of that. But I guess, yeah, looking back on that, that time and opening the store, it was definitely worth it. All of that effort, all of that expense, everything that we did, I feel like we did it right and that opening night that we had, mm. I think, proved it. So just watching people as they came into the store, the looks on their faces, it was just... It changed the street. Oh, it changed, it changed Huskisson, really. Yeah. Like, it it was kind of the first real, like, like just large, larger retail offering. Like, mm. there was never anywhere you could really browse or kind of walk around. It was more just cafes and food yeah. places. So... Yeah, and that was our aim, to provide something for people to come and, and get lost in and spend their time looking around. But, yeah, it was definitely a success, and I'll never forget that night. And even that the first day of opening, just 
you know, we just wanted to make back the rent, which is $650 a week. We thought if we could sell that much, you know, product to, to get that money back, then we'll be okay. We'll get through it. But I think that first day we did about $4,000. So that was mm. amazing. So we're like, we're, you know, we're off to an amazing start. So it, it just gave us confidence. This, yeah. Even like, you know, you know, when we're teaching our kids to do something and I'm saying just pick easy battles and just let them kick goals. And, you know, I think for us in business, because we were kicking pretty big goals, though, as far as like we, our expectations and we're meeting those and, you know, and it looked good and then, the, the you know, the response from the public and everything was amazing and then, yeah. you know, sales were good. It just gave us not like, not, uh, gave us confidence, not a, cocky confidence but it just no. gave us confidence to to Pursue make to ideas. make more decisions yeah and, yeah now maybe we can do this and everything we earned everything we had we went back into that didn't we? yeah. we'd have meetings with the accountant for years going yeah. when can we take some money home like when will <laughs> our bank account just the answer didn't. is always the same if you want to keep growing it's got to stay in there yeah, yeah. it's amazing you know, one thing you learn about business is to grow costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um, people see that and think, oh, wow, you know, you guys are killing it. It's like it's all sitting there. It's not with me. It's all in the business. And, and it's hard with banks because they don't necessarily let you borrow against businesses or yeah. stock or anything like that. So everything we had to do, we had to do ourselves. Yeah, yeah the hard way yeah it's it's been it's been hard yeah especially those those first probably eight years yeah yeah eight years it was a long time like there was a time there you know we won't go into it now but even after we opened our second store we we were both working seven days a week one in Mm. each store for a long time pre-kids yeah but i guess reflecting looking back on that experience from that day one first day of opening and then I think it was a month later that you ended up quitting and joining me because everything was going so well. Did you ever think that we would be where we are now, on like from that time? Nah, I, I, Tara's never heard this story, <laughs> but I because I, I used to have this big dog in Newfoundland, but we used to I used to walk her every day before work, whether you know before we go to the store. So I'd get up quarter seven every morning, and the dog would for me to go for a walk and I'd walk and I'd always I think with all my life I've always visualized so I'd always walk around and then some mornings I'd be thinking about work going one day you know we're gonna you know now we're gonna turn over a million dollars and we're gonna have this and that and we'll have this and it'd be successful then today you sit here and you think back to those I guess daydreams like ambitious daydreams that I'd have all the time you know if I was delivering someone's furniture in Sydney you know you're driving up thinking you know this is going good I'll just get another piece and then we'll do this and if we can do this then we can you know we can buy that and you can (laughs) you know you're seeing how your business evolves but you know looking back then uh you know where we are now is so much further than Uh, I thought we would be in this space of time it's it's interesting though because you know we our words of wisdom i guess you would call them or or what we always tell people is to think big 
like you you need but even we don't think big enough yeah but we like you know we we were thinking big back then but we weren't thinking this big i guess like Mm. there's always seems to be a bit of like a a ceiling to Mm. you know how you think in terms of obviously what you've been exposed to and how you've grown up and all that sort of thing but now where we are now we we can think bigger as well but even you know our version of thinking big now is still probably limited um, the good thing now though or i think is having a team with you because yes. i think those yeah. years where it was just you oh, and me just, it was hard. so hard we yeah. had no one to bounce we had yeah you know and sometimes even your own family's like oh yeah, yeah i don't know about that or you know they can be conservative if you're talking you know different generations or people that aren't into what you're into they just see that as like oh that seems like a lot of work or yeah and they just you can tell they're looking at you going you guys are crazy like <laughs> what are you doing like why don't you just have a day off or why don't you do something else but when you're on your own and and i think in some ways it was hard but we were lucky we had each other because um, we both had yeah. the same vision we both you know if we want if we like something we both liked it yeah. we would egg each other on and we loved what we we do yeah. like we love what we do and we talk about it you know when we go to bed every night like mm. you know we're always thinking of new ideas and talking about new ideas so but the good we, thing yeah. now is we have a team behind us to share Support that us, yeah. and go okay how are we gonna do this and they get excited and we share our ideas with them and then we all work together as a team as yeah. to how we're going to achieve that and and that i guess that allows you to think bigger because you feel supported and you feel like you've got people on your side and and things can happen faster yeah you know? to mean like you know i always say you know if you had to dig a hundred holes like back in the day we just had to get the shovel whereas now it's like well we can get help we can yes get other people to help and you are you know and so things happen faster and they happen they happen right yeah you, know, you have people in specialist positions whereas you know when it was just us where doing everything everything we've done every position in our business your logistics manager your your warehouse warehouse manager the floor like the guys on the floor yeah everyone packer picker delivery driver yeah but i guess even thinking back like you know wondering did we ever expect to be where we are now i know i think it was a couple of years ago i actually found our very first profit and loss statement and i think in our first year of business we might have made twenty four thousand dollars or something but it you know that sounds like nothing especially considering we'd both left very good or well-paying jobs to mm. you know start our own business but don't you think that it felt like it just felt like we were so much better off like Did. even though we didn't have that well cash, that that like, that 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 return to is, um, you know, it's um, it's a, a tax planning thing too. So yeah. we, while we, and when you've got your own business, obviously most people would know there's a lot you can do with your money um, better than basically paying, getting after tax money. Yeah, of um, course. But so, but yeah, it did feel better off. Yeah. It did feel like we had definitely the biggest thing I think you feel is you have more opportunity to... Yeah. To build your own, own wealth life. and your own life as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, your own lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, like we built our lifestyle. That was the other thing, you know. The shop didn't open until ten, so for me it was like, oh, I can go surfing <laughs> and I don't have to be at work until ten. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, I can sleep until eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah, to me, I, then I thought I'd made it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so but things change, and all of a sudden you got a warehouse, and then you got to be there at seven, and um, but. 
yeah, I think at the end of the day, you still get to choose your own lifestyle. Oh, definitely. And we knew that we wanted to have a family and have children and, and that sort of thing. So I guess it was all sort of planning for that. And, and the biz, having the business has allowed us to build, I guess, uh, a lifestyle around our business mm. rather than the other way around, yeah. which has been amazing. So, yeah, that's kind of, a, I guess, a very... Um, We've touched on a few things there that have led us to where we are today, but definitely involves a lot of passion, a lot of um, planning to to make that work as well. A lot Um, of visualizing, a lot of, you know, positive. I think anyone who's in business has to agree that it doesn't matter how you come across, you have to be positive. You're a positive person, whether it comes across on the outside or not, you're a positive person if you're in business because you're going to come across a lot of challenges. Yeah, you have to. You so have to, to face get, them. and you get kicked. You yeah. get, you know, I've said the same stories to a lot of people. Like you hear of people saying, you know, I've got an unexpected bill for this. When you're in business, that happens every day. Yeah. And you can all of a sudden lose, you know, what you thought was going to be a profit and it becomes a cost. And, yeah. um, and you sometimes you've got to spend money. To, to make money, that yep. old spend money to make money. Most that, of the time. <laughs> yeah, you have to. It's like we talked about for years where we had to put it all back before we made anything. And that takes a lot of, um, I guess, you know, positivity to, to believe in what you're doing and yeah, keep doing it. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I would always encourage anyone who's wanting to start their own business to just make sure that you have that passion, that drive um, in order to establish your vision because it's really the biggest thing that motivates you, keeps you going and gets you through those challenges and those harder times as and we've, well. I think the other thing too is we've always been, it's, it's easy to look at people and go, oh, wow, they're doing really well and get jealous and go, yeah, but they had this and that. And I reckon one thing that we do is we look at people who are successful and it doesn't matter whether it's in mm. our industry or not, we look at them and go, wow well done how do they they do do that that? you know like (laughs) yeah let's look at them or let's talk to them or let's be inspired by them or let's whatever like we spend a lot of money even going to listen to people or you know i mean for years we were like how do we get a mentor how do we get a mentor we just want a mentor i don't care just want a mentor thirsty for information yeah Yeah. we're thirsty we're we're just so keen to suck up and learn people's experiences and people's ideas and that's how you learn. Exactly. People who have been on the path before you and then you customize it to yours. It's, yeah. it's one thing not to be jealous, but to be inspired. Inspired, We're definitely. easily inspired. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks, Danny, for coming in today and finally agreeing to be on the podcast, even though I have to rope you in. Maybe I might drag you in for the next one. Who knows if I can get you there? <laughs> My work here is done. I know it's not. <laughs> No, but thanks so much. I know it's a, it's always going to be a bit awkward for us. We're not really the type of people that love the sound of our own voice. I don't know if anyone does, but um, yeah, we're not really um, the type of people to put ourselves out there. Um, so this is kind of a big deal for us. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you, um, you know, you've got some insight into us and, you know, why we are the way we are, why we think the way we think and and how we've gotten to where we are today. But I know um, like 
you know, the reason why I started this podcast, as I mentioned before, is that I want to include you in the process that we've taken to get here. And I want you to know, you know, the challenges that we've had to, to go through and how we've overcome them or how we come up with our, our ideas and how we, you know, find inspiration around us to keep uh, motivated and to come up with new ideas. So they're going to be some of the things that I cover, you know, in the next few episodes. We've only really reached, you know, the very beginning of the timeline, you know, opening day for the first few and fast store in Huskisson. So, you know, there's 12 more years of stories that I've got there to share with you that I'm really, really looking forward to to sharing to, I guess, shine a light on, you know, how we got through those years and you know the exciting times and the the difficult times as well during that time so thank you again for listening and I look forward to speaking with you next time thank you for joining me this week on the trade wins podcast if you enjoyed this episode or have found value in this podcast I'd love you to leave me a review on iTunes or to share it on Instagram and Facebook for your friends. To see what special pieces of the world we've brought home, make sure you visit our website at fewandfar.com.au or pop into one of our beautiful stores located in Huskisson, Berry, or Barrel in New South Wales. And if you're thinking about starting your own retail business but aren't sure where to begin or you have an existing business you want to grow, head over to my website tarasolberg.com for more information on my Trade Wins online course where I share everything I wish I had known when I was first starting out in business. I look forward to you joining me again for our next episode. Thank you for listening.